Welcome to the Dividend Talk podcast, episode 78, our 2022 watch list. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Dividend Talk. Today we're going to share with you some of the stocks we'll be looking at in 2022. We'll have a look at some of the news of the week, analyze portfolios, and take some questions from our listeners. See you on the inside. Hey, European DJ. How are you? Thanks, uh, Derek. I'm really doing well. It's Sunday night, actually, that we're recording this. And to all our listeners that have been waiting for the late release of this podcast, you know, uh, holidays are coming up, so it's all to blame on me. I'm out, outside of the country, back to my roots, the Netherlands. So, yeah, I'm doing really well. And it's just great to see the family and friends again after uh, two and a half years, you know, two and a half years because of this frigging pandemic. Wow, that's a, that's a long time, man. And I know I know you're back in in the Netherlands, and that's that's brilliant. But so bad news with with lockdowns and all. Like you just think, just when you think all this was behind us, and now we're back back into square one. But I'm I'm so happy that you're back back with family. You get to spend spend some Christmas. So don't worry about, about missing deadlines. That's what that's what Christmas is about. Spend the time with family. Prioritize that. We have a whole year ahead of us next year. So. Yeah, but come on, we need to keep the rhythm of every weekend, right? We've got really, really many listeners, so I'm really happy for this. And by the way, all bad things have a good thing because I started ordering all my Christmas presents via bold.com uh, uh, because, you know, there's now a, a hard lockdown here, which means all shops will be closed. So yesterday I ordered all my goods via bold.com, which is a subsidiary of uh, Ahold that they yeah. intend to spin off. So actually, I've been paying myself a little bit with these uh, purchases for the Christmas. And otherwise, I would have wasted the money somewhere in the shopping streets uh, of one of the major towns here. So actually, it's not too bad. It's it's good to see you looking after shareholders. And I have to admit, when we did not record on Friday, I kind of took advantage a little bit. We had we had a bit of a work night out, and I'm pretty sure that I've helped Diageo shareholders quite a bit. <laughs> it was, it was quite, it was, it was quite a night. <laughs> it's nice how um, being a dividend investor uh, allows you to reflect on all your behavior and how you're actually contributing to paying your own dividends. Yeah, I, di I didn't feel bad for drinking too much. <laughs> Isn't it a bit like a like like what you have these with these credit cards that are popular in America with these cashbacks? Because every time I tank a shell. Or when I buy something at ball, ball.com, I'm actually getting a cashback, right, in the, in the end of the quarter or something like that. But on the, on the flip side, it also shows that you believe in these companies, not just on paper, but if you use their products or if you go and, and top up at Shell and, and use ball.com, it, it means it works for you as, as a customer, yeah. which helps you as a shareholder. So I think I think it, it's a win-win. Cool. So, hey, uh, that... Um... Did anything caught your attention this week in the news? Other than coronavirus, you mean? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm not even going to mention that anymore because it's doing my head in. Oh, but, let's skip it. Um, there's been been a couple of things. I think 3M, the, is it a spin-off? I'm not sure if it's a spin-off. They are, they are merging half. Is it a food safety business uh, with Neog, I think it is, mm -hmm. is it? Mm -hmm. um, or Neogen. I, I I can't remember the, the name, but they are merging the full business. We're seeing lots of companies. It seems to be a trend that we said that are spinning off or are selling parts of their business, and and 3M are the are the latest one there. So, and I haven't I haven't dug deep in into the details. I have to admit, it's just the headlines that I've seen. But mm -hmm. uh, it seemed to have a positive reaction in the stock markets. I know they popped they popped about two or three percent, which was yeah. unexpected. So uh, a lot of shareholders seem to like like this. Yeah, I think it has to do with the valuation attached to it. I think it was a 5.3 billion yes. at a multiple of approximately 32 or 27 when it comes to the 2022 adjusted EBITDA, right? One of those uh, uh, fraudulent uh, bookkeeping measurements, but um, which is just highly valued. And from that point of view, if you can spin off 
things uh, at a 30 multiple, what you're actually doing is just getting more worth for your assets. So it's really not bad, right? Yeah, and um, what, what they're saying here is that 3M shareholders will receive approximately 50 50 50.1 yeah. of the combined company so yeah i mean it, it looks like it looks like it looks like a good deal on paper um yeah. and it's 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 one to look out for so i i own some 3m and if people are worried about it i can't imagine them cutting their dividend because of this so i'm totally not worried about this at all from that point of view i think a company like 3m can spin off another 30 of these kinds of businesses because such kind of industrial uh company just is so but um talking about which um what what really surprised me this week was novo nordisk ah, um cool. you know their their share price already uh, the american listed shares they went eight percent down after the news and uh, i think it still needs to hit the european shares uh, tomorrow morning so if you own some novo nordisk just don't be surprised uh, because what happened is that one of the contract manufacturers for their um that is filling the syringes of Vegovi is 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 the is, is the brand name. Yeah, has temp temporarily stopped uh, deliveries and manufacturing um, because of <laughs> manufacturing issues. And when it says good manufacturing practices, this just means that they're screwed because uh, this manufacturer has just bad practices and they probably um, failed on some safety tests. Yeah. That's what that really in in, in practice yeah. in practice yeah. means. Yeah, I'm I'm quite familiar with with GMP. It's something we have to follow quite mm -hmm. heavily, and I'm I'm sure Nova Nordisk do as well. And it's quite surprising actually because usually in this market, if you are doing your job correctly and and you have yeah. quality and you have, it is something that you can genuinely spot well in advance and, and get yeah. ahead of. It's 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 not mm -hmm. hard to 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 do this. So. To have to stop deliveries and manufacturing because of this is, is not a good thing. It will take some time to rectify that. I'm sure they're after being yeah. given some direction and they will have a time limit to hit that. But it is, I mean. It if, will take them more than six months. Yeah, they well, said the second part of 2022. Easily, easily, because yeah. there's a lot of paperwork around. Like it's easier mm -hmm. to get it right the first yeah, time. Yeah, exactly. And now you have to go back and get and get all the paperwork right. But is it's, I mean, if you, if you were using one of these, uh, syringes are using these yeah. products i mean and you see something following good manufacturing practices it doesn't fill you with confidence does it yeah even if yeah, they uh, get even if they get it right it, it wouldn't really fill you with, with with confidence exactly exactly and you know in the end i think an eight percent decline here is really not bad because the company was i, I think i was looking at it last year around 420 430 um danish mm. crowns it's trading now around 750 still danish crowns so this 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 drop is really nothing compared to where it's supposed to be. It's a uh, trading in a multiple of thirty five, so this is just a very expensive company. Uh, the company announced that it will not impact their financial forecast. Yeah. So bottom line, it shouldn't even matter. And still, the share price responds like this. I think it's a little bit in the trend of all the other growth stocks that we have seen declining. If there's just one little bit of news that's not according to perfection. They get massive uh, price yeah. uh, declines yeah. at the moment. That's the market we live in now. Yeah. I, look, and, and in this industry, recalls happen. It's probably a, a little bit more common than what is reported. It, it probably happens. It's just this. Yeah. This is on a scale where it can't meet the demand in the US, which is why it's it's making the news. If mm -hmm. they could still meet that demand, you would not even have seen this unless you dug deep into exactly. the exactly. So it's, exactly. it's not. It's not. It's not uncommon. And as you said, they're they're heavily valued investors need news like this to, to bring yeah. them bring them down into into more manageable ratios but uh, as you said it won't it, it shouldn't impact them no. it shouldn't impact them a whole lot and speaking of one of our favorite companies shell we we yes. spoke uh, we know we we talk about these quite a bit and we've spoke about their transition into more energy and renewable energy and we're wondering how that'll play out but they are now trying to acquire us-based solar company called savion i think mm -hmm. um so this this company i think at the moment has about 18 gigawatts of solar power and battery storage yeah to put that into comparison um ireland back when i was doing electrical engineering in, in college I, I studied a little bit of this area and back in 2015 and 16 we generated about three gigawatts 
of renewable yeah. energy. So that that is six times the amount of Ireland that they are yeah. generating. Now we're probably up around four or five gigawatts now, but it's still mm. an, an an awful lot of energy to be to be taken over yeah. and generating. But the, Shell are aiming to sell more than five hundred and sixty terawatt hours globally per year in twenty thirty. That is that yeah. is certainly more than what Ireland produces in a year. Yeah. It's so great. so the the only thoughts I still have around this is like show me the money. Yeah. How how are they going to make money off this? But yeah. they are they are serious in pushing this ahead. Yeah. But serious, they are doing like they have an investment goal of two to three billion per year. And this is um this is falling in line with that. I think what was their capex? Fifteen to eighteen billion still when it comes to also yeah. um all the others. So is it really serious at 15%, 20% of their total investment portfolio? I think it's, you know, it's it's really hard just to transition out of oil into this electricity business. I would love to see what the margins really are and what the returns on investments are. I yeah. believe that by next year, they should be able to share some of those figures because they are now doing all these acquisitions. Um, it's about time that they start to be a little bit more transparent on that, in my opinion, because it's for me really important to understand in the investment case, like what are the cash flows going forward, right? That's for me the biggest risk that I see. At the same time, their reserve line has uh, reserve. Um, I said uh, capacity has been declining. Their reserve life, so it was yeah. like eleven year, uh, eleven years, few years ago. But every year goes a year down. So on that track, in ten years, they won't have any oil anymore if they don't uh, acquire enough new oil fields. So. You know, I want to see next year a little bit of transparency around this. Yeah, and and, and given the way the company operates, I'm sure we will. Maybe maybe yeah. ne next year might still might be a little bit too soon. I know they're, they're in the beginning of acquiring these companies, so they might not have a full picture, but they might start to lay it out. But certainly by 2023, I want to see. I want to see where that money is coming in. And, but and I believe Ben van der Bird is always uh, listening to our podcast on the Monday hmm. morning when he flies from The Hague to London. So uh, I think when he hears this, he will uh, ask his uh, leprechauns to quickly uh, compile the numbers for us. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. So uh, the main topic this week, I suppose, it's coming to the end of the year. We know we're going to maybe do a, a reflection on our portfolios and stuff, maybe the last show of the year, which is typically yeah. maybe New Year's Eve or the, the day before. But I think it'd be nice to pick some companies that we may look out for in, in 2022. Um, and I, I, I'll be honest, it's not something I've given huge amount of thought to yet. I'm going to wait till I finish work, but I've kind of come up on this with a scenario of lockdowns have started again. And I don't know if we're going to have a market crash, but we know what happened last time. So what yeah. did I learn? What companies would I like to buy? And we, we take it from there. And, and you have some really nice companies there. You, you have a mix of European and, and US companies as yeah yeah like like always right so let, let, let's just be clear here i've got like a really wish list right so i'm in mm. if you go to my blog you see there my portfolio allocation strategy you see a list of 40 stocks approximately yeah. but there are stocks that i don't even have a position in so one thing that i really really hope for is for instance that nike will come at reasonable prices nike has been for me so expensive for years um not even worth to 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 buy it for the dividend right and i would just wish on on something that goes wrong with nike not something that will kill the brand or something like that but you know maybe some some china political issue or something like that that we know will disrupt a little bit the sales there yeah but then that we get an overreaction in the market i know it's all wishful thinking but that's what i'm hoping with the sneakers here we, we we thought that was happening. Remember, there, there was some news, yeah. and and it was affecting Nike and Adidas, but it, that just kind of petered away, didn't it? it? Just it just went away, and 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 Nike went back to business. I know it was that was around October. They must have dropped yeah. eight or nine percent. Yeah. Um, and at that time, I, I, for I, me, it needs to drop fifty percent. <laughs> I, I, I like to see them under under a hundred dollars for sure. Yeah, anything above a hundred dollars is is too expensive for me. But yeah. uh, my son told me this week when I was talking to him about around these kinds of things, he said, Father, you can keep hoping, but only Einstein really knows. <laughs> but, and, um, and, and he's yeah. right. And he's right. 
Exactly. So for me, if, if you really ask me honestly, I would love to see Nike uh, being added to my portfolio as the top number one stock. I don't own it. I've been looking at it for a long time. I just can't buy it. It's too expensive. So it's really testing testing my patience here. Mm. But but this brand, I love it. I wrote, I read the book also of um, of of the founder. You know, yeah. a shoe dog. I'm halfway through it actually. Yeah, it's good, exactly. Good it's a brilliant book. I, I just want this stock in my portfolio, but not at any price. Yeah, it. I, I, I don't want to ruin the book on anyone. It, it's it's worth to read, but the persistence to to set up this company is something. Oh yeah. That that I am. I mean, it's easy to look at that that company now and and, and Phil Knight and think he had it easy but boy he no. didn't he, no, he and, and he, he had every reason to give up and quit yeah but i mean it's it's incredible so i highly recommend reading the book looking at the share price i'm looking at the share prices now and back in march 2020 they were about 60 dollars i should have purchased then some i was looking at it then but still it didn't even meet my valuation criteria at that time wow so if they don't yeah. if they don't meet it at sixty dollars, they're certainly not going to meet it at one hundred and sixty dollars. Yeah, maybe I would be in hindsight, I would be a little bit less strict, probably, and and allow the, the quality to speak for itself. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What's your number one stock if you had the chance? So, it, Texas Instruments is is one that I I really want to own more of. I know I'm adding it slowly and and surely, but I suppose one thing I've learned after the last crash is to focus on quality and companies that you really believe in mm -hmm. future i took some gambles on on likes of walgreens but they are they are gambles they're, they're turnaround stories but companies like texas instruments they are companies that will be around in 10 years time without question you can just buy them and forget about them and that's probably where where i want to where where i would go i was probably my number one pick would be someone like texas yeah. instruments and why texas instruments and not uh, nvidia or amd or something like that because they make brilliant calculators <laughs> <laughs> i mean i mean I'm, I'm not i'm not completely nailed down on on texas instruments i could look at nvidia as well and, and maybe add some of them but it would be certainly a company of that of that magnitude i just feel like texas instruments have been around a lot longer the brand is yeah. a, 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 they have more brand power i feel but that's not to say nvidia would not not come into the equation yeah but i, I yeah. feel like i would focus a little bit more on just top quality companies at that time yeah yeah speaking of which another company for me would be and i know i'm asking for a lot here but it would be l'oreal <laughs> i mean this french company as well and what i also love about it when you own it for i think is it two years or four years you get a 10 percent loyalty uh, yeah. dividend to it Mm -hmm. But L'Oreal, L'Oreal for me as well, it's like this brand is just iconic. And what I love even more, it's not just the lipstick, right? It's the whole holding structure that they have with all these billion dollar brands behind it. Really popular also in Asia and such. And to, to, to take a European brand, make it also so popular in Asia, speak, speaks really of its brand power and what it stands for. So I would love to have this company also in my portfolio. I know the clinic capitalist and the financial shape. Uh, some of uh, the people we interact with on Twitter have always been buying it. Uh, They're really happy with it, of course, because of the share price appreciation. Um, I don't want to buy a stock at a 30 or 40 multiple. It will take me too long to, for it to grow into its earnings. I doubt that L'Oreal will ever crash next year, but if there is one opportunity, I will take my bazooka bun, uh, gun and really shoot at it because it's also yeah. one of those stocks where like quality is all over the place. This is a this is a stock that's there to stay for the next decade easily. E easily, I mean the brand power alone from L'Oreal is is exactly. incredible. We we all we all know the the advert because because I'm worth it, but it's hard to see another company come in and, and penetrate what they have exactly and that's, and that's that's i think key as as investors looking back at what i said about texas instruments you really want quality and having a company with such a huge landscape worldwide that is hard to penetrate is not an easy feat so i think that's a, a great a great pick action yeah. but, but but as you said it's probably wishful thinking i, I don't think you're going to get them at any sort of any sort of price that i mean even I, i'm looking even during the crash and just just going back 
they were still nearly 300 or 300 euro yeah yeah it's an, it's insane I, I don't know why we pay so much for the lipsticks and everything uh, from a share price point of view right mm. but um you know it, it's this market uh, i hope it starts tanking anytime soon maybe when the inflation kicks in or something like that but uh what's what's your next stock uh, that you would be interested in buying so my next one would be microsoft uh, it's a company it's probably on your list as well but it's it's yes. a, a company we we know quite well company we analyzed on this show i mean i kind of regret not buying more when they were 200 i was i was being a little bit as as the quote the quote you always being was it uh pound pennywise wise, penny wise foolish. pound foolish it was being like yeah. that i was i was waiting to get to 180 which is 20 dollars and they just skyrocketed. I'm I'm happy that I I did buy a small bit at, at the time because I would have kicked myself otherwise. I remember us talking about it where you said oh, I'm waiting for another day. Said just buy few, just buy few. Remember? <laughs> yeah. So I'm glad you did. Yeah. Because otherwise you wouldn't have had ownership at all. But for me the same. If Microsoft comes down to 250 or low 200s, I would definitely be buying. Not sure if it comes down there. So maybe I would buy just you know four or five shares at 250 or something like that. But brain stock such an adela's killing it and i don't see them stopping either in the next decade i think we're seeing a still decade of growth not sure about share price because it is richly valued but definitely mm -hmm. in revenues um, and, and profits yeah. and dividends I, I i i can easily see them still for for the next 10 years still doing more than 10 percent annual dividend growth um i, I can easily see that uh, yeah i mean they have they have pretty decent history with that so I, I don't see why that would slow down they've got so much money so much cash they have to exactly do with it, right? yeah and who makes it on third place on your list well let's say like that there i think there's still two stocks left um that i think are more realistic to buy next year so the first one is johnson and johnson it's trading around 165 my fair value probably brings it at an attractive price around 150 100, 135 150 so for me it really would mean a 10 percent decline and this should yeah. be possible and the spin-off doesn't change a thing in my thinking here so I, it must be possible to to get a 10 percent decline uh, on on johnson johnson and that's really when i will nibble in some more shares again yeah um the good thing is i took the nice opportunity last year in the in the in the heat of the pandemic when it was trading at 115 dollars per share i bought a larger trench than i would usually do at the time so i'm really happy and satisfied with that because it showed me that i have the balls to double down when it's needed yeah uh, but I would love to still own more from it because it's now like a mediocre position in my portfolio and I would like it to be a top three position in my portfolio. So at any chance, I would like to double it, uh, the position. And, you know, if it declines 10%, we should probably start seeing around 3% uh, dividend, dividend yield almost. And the price to earnings, forecasted price to earnings based on the guidance that they are giving is really not bad probably trading around 15 to 16 pe then uh, uh, at that time which i think is really really good and i already think it's not so expensive at the moment it's just more like that i'm a bit greedy on this one uh, from a yield point of view yeah they're close to uh, the dividend yield is 2.5 i believe the last time i checked so it's close to your threshold yeah exactly exactly close. so 10 percent should do I've seen some news briefly today, uh, obviously COVID-related, that they recommend Moderna and Pfizer. Yeah, the Janssen vaccine seems not to be so effective. Yeah. So maybe that brings some bad press. That would be really nice. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that could be a catalyst, <laughs> along with spinning off a, a bankrupt company, but... Yeah, 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 exactly. And then the next one, uh, in case of uh, this, would be actually a blessing if we get more COVID nineteen uh, here. Is is realty income? Mm. Yeah, after the merge of a fee right, I think there's enough possibility for dividend growth. It's now trading around sixty seven, if I remember correctly. Consider me a, a buyer again at sixty. So um, 
It should also be possible, 10 to 15% next year. I think it should be possible. And for me, both Johnson Johnson Realty Income are those stocks that are not like on my ultimate wish list, like, like L'Oreal yeah. and Nike and, and Microsoft because of its price. But these are still high quality companies that I really want to build my portfolio around. They are really a, a fundamental anchor in my portfolio. So those two, two stocks, I see them as more realistic to uh, acquire more of next year. Yeah, they're, they're kind of companies that you just forget about, isn't it? You can just add periodically, yeah, and just and work away in in the, in the background. Realty income was going to be on my list, but I kind of assumed they might have been on yours, so I I, I stayed away. <laughs> I have I have a couple more. So Intel is one. Yeah, um, we know that they're spending twenty billion on on new fabrication uh, factories. I think they committed to have one in Malaysia. I think I read this week. They're spending yeah. 7.5 billion billion on that out there, so they're really going ahead with that. They Pat, I suppose Pat has been incredible since he's came in. I still think that we might see him dip a little bit more. I believe it's a two-year plan until we start to see the results from uh, the look, they're playing catch-up. We we know they're playing catch-up, but Pat is doing and saying all the right things. I still want to see the underlying numbers next year to, to see that it's not a whole smoke and mirrors we want to see results yeah um, but but definitely definitely company i think i sold actually a cash secure put on them at around 45 dollars i believe so i'm happy yeah. to own happy to own these guys at around 45 i think that's quite a good price even around I think 50 under 50 dollars is is quite good so they are on my list if we go into lockdowns and we we see oil tanking again and and it drops i will definitely be buying more shell if not shell somebody like eog resources um mm. in in around that yeah. so and then in terms of real estate investment trusts really income are obviously there but oip is one that has been on my list for a long long time yeah. the wolf of harcourt street has been on at me since day dot to, to look at this company and it's probably one look we know they're in the cannabis industry and that's going to grow and it offers a nice bit of diversification away from your regular REITs as well, because yeah. you could see that industry growing. You could see that industry growing even more if we have some sort of economic crash where people tend to turn to something like cannabis, maybe. But even with its medical use, it's it's going to be more yeah. and more and more over the coming years. So it's it's a good it's a good way of getting into that industry without being in that industry. Yeah, it's so funny, right? I think our listeners, they hear us now talking probably for 10, 15 minutes about these talks and what they hear all the time. Oh, I wish a crash will happen. I wish it, it, it tells us we are dividend investors because we're in it for the yield, right? Uh, yeah. We, we want to buy passive income. Mm -hmm. So the only thing we can really wish for is a nice crash that is uh, uh, really having a blast zone in a certain area that is not an industry that uh, is core to our portfolio yeah so let it be banks or something like that let them really screw up blow the shit out of it and that all all those people in the world start index selling sell those bloody indexes and and, and please give those stocks to me you know yeah at the cheap that's what i'm just that's my biggest wish for 2022 I mean, total return is important, really. Is on 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 the face of it. I don't know. We speak of dividends and and what we earn in dividends, but total return is important. It's what you want as an investor. When you see your share price will usually grow when a company's revenue and cash flow and earnings are growing. So it usually grows with it. So that's what that's what I like to see. But before that, I'm in the accumulation phase. I need these companies to come down. In uh, price. Exactly, and. Uh, what what I've seen over the years is that if dividend is growing at a at a safe threshold, right? Mm -hmm. If it's growing, then share price will follow. Yes. Yeah. Uh, share, I prefer that than that share price is leading. Yeah, I mean, I bought. I don't buy many companies that don't pay dividends, and Alibaba is one of them. And look how shit that has performed since I bought <laughs> exactly, it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, I feel you. I feel it even harder, probably. <laughs> but hey, um, yeah, well, hey, EMF, I wish you really that you get all those stocks in your basket next year. That will be just uh, tremendous. Um, speaking about baskets, let's go to the next topic because we have Martin who submitted his uh, portfolio to us. 
uh, this week, and he was he want yeah he wanted just to hear a little bit about it from us. So a little bit of background: Martis from Twitter. He started investing in the first quarter of 2020, so really when uh, shit hit the fan last year. And his goal is to retire early, according to his latest calculations. It's 2033. His strategy is to focus on defensive stocks with dividend growth, but also some diversification via worldwide ETF. And if, uh, how we say it, having 15% allocated to growth stocks. So let's say the tech stocks and so such. So he's sharing his top 10, but let me uh, share a little bit. The first ticker is VWRL, which is an ETF, a worldwide ETF index. Uh, he owns 20% of his portfolio into this. The second ticker is BMI from Bristol Myers, 9% allocation. The third stock is uh, uh, BATS, uh, which is BATS ticker for British American Tobacco. He earns he owns 6% allocation here. The fourth one is uh, ticker symbol PRX for Prozus, 6% allocation. And the fifth one, Johnson & Johnson, also with 5% allocation. Uh, for people that are international and not know what Prozus is, Prozus is a company that is the biggest shareholder in Tencent with 30% but it's also in the food business. I believe it tried to acquire one-time takeaway. It failed. So it's kind of in these tech startups and such uh, uh, as well. Yeah. So having seen this and also seeing the rest of the top 10, what do you think about his portfolio as a dividend growth investor and related to his goals? I believe it's quite a smart portfolio. And and we don't speak about ETFs a whole lot. We've, we've spoke about them in a couple of shows. I know from, from an Irish perspective, it's... It's a pain investing in them, but I think this is a great strategy for 90% of, of retail investors. I really do. Spreading out 15% in, in a worldwide ETF. I mean, you have your diversification there. You have your sleep well at night portfolio, and you just you just keep adding to that like clockwork. There's no real work or thought process behind that needed after that. Once you make that decision, you can just keep adding. His, his other positions, I know Bristol Myers, you you quite like and you've added to them recently british american tobacco i have i, I love the company i'm not 100 percent sure on process either so I, I maybe let you speak and then johnson johnson and realty income so he has a nice balance here he, he's focusing on really solid companies you haven't mentioned some of his other companies he's got google he's got alibaba which he's probably feeling the pain like like both of us and um, some ahold microsoft and abby v and um, Honestly, I like every single one of those companies. So it it he's focusing on quality, but I I like his strategy here. Have a little bit of growth, a little bit of dividend, and then have your ETF on top. So I think it's quite a smart approach. Yeah, uh, plus one on on everything you said. I haven't done the math, so I don't know what the current portfolio yield is. So I'm just yeah. wondering, like twenty thirty three, that gives us like another. 11 years let's say in a bit uh to gain passive income right yeah um for this i don't know if the balance at the moment is a little bit too much towards tech and and i also don't know what um, the world index is yielding i believe a relatively low yield so with that what i'm trying to say is like probably uh, his portfolio is still in the early days um i guess the high yielder here is british american tobacco with yeah. some uh, Bristol Myers at a close four um, percent uh, forward yield or something like that, uh, but there are quite some non-yields in here as well. So it is in the accumulation phase. Um, seeing all the tech in there, I would say probably in twenty twenty two it would be good to get really the fundament in place for the dividend growth part in the portfolio, and and I think it's normal, right? Because it goes in waves. If I look yeah. at my own portfolio development in the first two three years. You are kind of picking up what is at value at the time. That's why probably Epvy is in there, Bristol Myers. But for instance, um, there are stocks like that were for me very attractive. Microsoft trading at forty dollars, right? Yeah. Uh, which I was snooping up at the time. So uh, it comes with waves, I guess. And yeah, if I see this, I will probably um, shift a little bit next year just next year to, to really strengthen the core and dividend stocks like is it Johnson Johnson Realty Income and Upfee and, and BMI or is, is that it or is there more to it right that's my that's my just my food for consideration yeah. uh, Martin I, 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 
I can't speak Dutch, and I know, I know a lot of this is no. in, in Dutch. Is is the goal to retire on dividend income, or is it to retire on investment? What, what he makes um, his investments? It's not um, uh, really clear, but his overall strategy is defensive with an emphasis on dividend growth. Mm. Because I always always wonder, and which is why I struggle with growth companies, with, with a goal like that, for example, when do you sell Google? When do you sell Baba? Yeah. At what point do you sell them? And is the plan to sell them to buy more dividend stocks in the future to, to help with that goal? Yeah. That's, that, but that's what I would struggle with personally. I, I don't think it's bad to have them there. But when you talk about your goal and if your goal is dividend income, they're not dividend income payers. So yeah. where, did, and, where, and, do they, where do they fit in in that goal? Or what yeah. is the plan for those? Uh, what is what is specific also to the Netherlands? You have a wealth tax, so you need you get taxed anyway, but you don't have capital gain tax on on stock trades. So what you could do is take dividend, uh, take growth stocks, sell them at a certain moment, and replace them with dividend stocks as well, right? So it's yeah. not really clear, but I think Maite will uh, be able to get back to us on that one. But generally, from what I can say, I would say strengthen next year. Focus on a little bit on the strengthening of the core. Of what the dividend stock should be, yeah, good. But it's it's a it's a nice mix. There's a nice mix of I like of it there. definitely. It yeah. gave me some inspiration as well. So, hey, Marta, thanks so much. Probably we learn more from you than you might learn from us when we are analyzing this. Uh, but that's why we love this section as well. Maybe it's even more for us than for the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so hey, we've got also some a few questions uh, uh, this week from some of our listeners. So let's address a few of them as well. Um, the first one comes from Miwash. He's asking or he's effectively telling us to buy Yumicore. Uh, Yumicore, I looked them up. They are they're in the recycling business. I can see why he likes it. Always when there's a 10, 15% drop, he reaches out on me on Twitter and saying like, hey, EDGI, might be something for you. Well, um, I've done my screening, uh, Miwash. Um, I don't like them. I know they were trading at 60 euros, now at 35 euros. I don't like it because they have inconsistent dividend paying. I need to see consistent dividend growth. So I cannot trust on this stock uh, during bad times because they will cut the dividend. They did that also. They only paid in 2020, I think, an interim dividend, not a final dividend. So yeah. you effectively have no income. And I don't want to eat only chleb uh, with maswa, as they would say in Poland, bread with butter. Uh, I want to have at least uh, a peanut butter on top of it. So, <laughs> you know, it's not a stock for me, but uh, uh, thanks again for always inspiring me with new stocks, Miwash. Uh, if if you're the type of person who likes to buy and sell companies, there is loads of opportunity with this company. I exactly. Looking exactly. at their chart, they seem to go up and yeah. down quite regularly. If you're so. a trader, this might be a really good one some some quite op good opportunity it looks like there's good opportunity i don't know the yeah. company whatsoever so i can't maybe something up. for your uh, wheel strategy maybe maybe yeah. might check him out um okay so dividend.exe has asked us what we think about medtronic is it more interesting now after the beat beat down yeah i know it's so i did a deep dive on my blog uh, last year before the summer so it's already more than a year ago i've got an article about medtronic and I regret not buying it last year. I remember some readers saying like, ah, oh, EDGI, uh, just buy it at 80, wide 70, low 70, 75. And I regret it. I was really looking for a margin of safety. But the issue for me with Medtronic, I remember when I was analyzing it, is their cash flows, their free cash flow. Yeah. It, it doesn't look so strong, the free cash flow growth. So this is uh, why I do have a margin of safety on it. $100 for me is still too expensive. Um, I might consider something in the well, around 90, high 80, at least few shares. Um, but I stick to my convic conviction in the high 70s that it's really viable uh, yeah. at the time because the free cash flow is not having a perfect trend as what we love to see because that's in the end what really pays us the dividends. Yeah. It's, it's a great Irish company, isn't it? exactly exactly <laughs> just like apple yeah we, we've yeah. adopted it we've adopted them and um uh, centrino is asking he's saying like you know sometimes he has difficulties to spread his buys over the month like either a lump sum every month on the broker and then when there are red days effectively he buys too quick yeah he buys it all and then he has no money left and i guess what he's saying the the, the share price continue to go down and he's handcuffed 
So what would you recommend to him? Like maybe buy something every week and split it in quarters. What would you suggest? Uh, I mean, I see I see this a lot on Twitter where people buy the dip on, on red days. And then when you go and check the share price, it's probably the same price as it was two days ago or three days ago. It hasn't, yeah. Hasn't, yeah, yeah. Hasn't, hasn't dipped. I wouldn't worry too much about the about it i can tell you what i do which is i put in money every month and i buy what i perceive to be value at at that time um it's it's hard and sometimes formal happens you might buy something you might drop and you you might think you might have got them at a better price but you got to think of the long long term picture here and if you if you just i have i get get paid in the middle of the month money goes in i get paid on a thursday friday i transfer that over to the broker and even if i don't buy on the monday that is sitting there for me that week whenever when I get it. So it's just it's just consistency for my my behalf. Same so, here, same yeah. here. What for me actually rather is happening to me always is like the last week before I get my salary, I might not have spent it yet. And then yeah. I'm eagerly looking to spend it because I, I one of my learnings was that I start I have the nature to to wait. I can be really patient. And that's actually not to my advantage. So I have to spend it in a month. Otherwise, I damage my dollar cost averaging. And this was a, this was a expensive learning, actually, because I did this in 2017, 2018, 2016, in those three years. I underinvested. Yeah. That's why I'm not having the dividend growth as what I had in my plan to retire at a certain age. So I just lost a year effectively almost with this, right? So I need to really push myself then always to, to buy it in the given month. Yeah. So. Because you got to remember, we make fair value assumptions, but yeah, the, the key the key word there is is assumptions. Assumptions, yeah. Do you know? So what we perceive to be fair value today, we might look back, and and Microsoft is is a classic example of that. I had them valued at one hundred and eighty dollars, maybe maybe eight, nine, ten months ago, and now look at them, they're, they're three hundred fifty, and they were saying they are the value is maybe two hundred and fifty dollars. So. It constantly changes and, and that will ebb and yeah. flow. So I would try and not get too bogged down on, on timings and just be consistent, have have some sort of plan, whether it's monthly, quarterly, half yearly, whatever exactly. whatever suits, but just try and stick to the plan and try and not get too hung up on if you if you miss buy on a red day and, and it goes down a couple of euro or a couple of dollars afterwards. Mm. Super. Hey and um how do you think then about position sizing? Is there like a set of number of positions or percentages in your portfolio? Yeah, I, I'm aiming for maybe 40 max. I'm at about 27 or 28, actually 28 now. I think I bought Enegas. I, I mentioned last week mm -hmm. I was going to buy them. I bought them on Monday. So I'm, I think I'm at about 28. So I've got loads of room for, for companies. I spent a long time towards the end of last year and this year ironing out all the i would say deadwood and now i just want to focus on quality so anything that i add from here i, I want it to be a quality company and i don't want it to be another walgreens we although walgreens has been has been great for me i don't want turnaround stories i want quality and that's probably what my focus is going to be in terms of position sizing it's not my main focus at the moment because i'm still yeah. accumulating and there's times where i might be overextended on one company because they might be value, they might be more value to buy at that, yeah. at that time. So, so this question was from Future Dividends. I've got actually a whole blog post about this. It's called yes. my allocation strategy. Mm. Really quickly, um, forty stocks, four tiers: top tier four percent, second tier three percent, third tier two, fourth tier one. So maximum four percent. Microsoft currently is around eight to nine percent in my portfolio because I'm in the accumulation phase. Yeah, uh, but generally. Uh, at the moment I retire, that's how my portfolio should look like. And over the next few years, I should really move towards that. And that's why I need a company like Nike in my portfolio. But but, but the opposite works as well. I mean, I think the dividend growth investor and is it dividend hummingbird? They have huge portfolios. Uh, yeah, like more than 100. 100. Yeah. Yeah. Or Ellen. Yeah. Yeah. This this coffee can a style and, and that can 100% work. I mean, exactly, exactly, one hundred percent work as well. So they I, I probably don't, I, might outperform us even in dividend growth because they have less bias to what they buy. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. and and you know, I like I said, I've sold quite a bit. I know you've sold some companies yeah. as well. With their approach, 
they don't sell. They don't need to sell. Maybe maybe a dividend yeah. cut, which is I know the dividend growth investors yeah. hard stop, but they're yeah. not. They're not selling. They're just literally doing what I say I do, but I don't do, which is buy and hold yeah. forever. Yeah, they just buy uh, when it's three percent yield. Everything above they consider buying when uh, so they focus more on the screener. I do even more deep dive because I want to know what companies I own. But if you go for hundred stocks, you effectively buy an index. But if you always buy at three percent, you get a better index than when you buy the frigging index um, uh, on the stock exchange because you get all the crap with it, which is like yielding nothing or dividend cuts and. And that's why it's much more easier than to do it if you have the time and the passion to do it individually. Yeah. Okay. Um, Jeff has asked us how we feel about the 3M move. Yeah, we... I think we spoke about that and yeah. I, I feel pretty comfortable with it. It's really like, you know, uh, a fly on the wall kind of nothing special. Okay. And Daniel then for the last question has asked us, what do you expect? to be your three best dividend stocks already in your portfolio and why so the best performing i take it yeah um and i'll take it from a dividend growth point of view yeah okay so i i expect microsoft to have a really good dividend growth in my portfolio i expect upfi to continue to surprise us uh with dividend growth actually pharma as a whole i expect to do a lot in um, uh, dividend growth yeah and um yeah that's that's about it actually yeah yeah i i expect abby v uh abby to be to be quite good lockheed martin i'm expecting them as well to maybe not dividend growth but certainly share price mm -hmm. i think will will bounce back over the course of the year and shell we know shell are expecting to reward us quite handsomely so I expect that. Yeah, but to... Shell has already announced that their dividend strategy is like 4% annual growth. Mm. Yeah, so they have not stuck to it. They've done much more, but that's kind of the commitment they have done to shareholders for the upcoming years. Yeah, but yeah. but we know that, as you said, they don't stick to it. I expect them to pay more. I really yeah. do. Yeah, with the cash flows and the buybacks, they will generate a lot of shareholder mm. uh, wealth. Yeah. The, the one company I am interested the most in, and I spoke, man, I pronounce this wrong all the time, but it is Vietris. Um, I'm yeah. really, I, I think they, I think they can do quite well. Um, I think they're incredibly cheap, not from a dividend growth perspective, but maybe more from a capital appreciation perspective. Mm. And as a company as a whole, I'm interested to to see how, how it actually goes. Yeah, super. Okay, um, I don't know if we have a stock pick this week, but uh, you have been active. You bought something this week. Yes, and this will come to many as a surprise, but I initiated a position in Intel for the first time. I, I gave already a bit of an announcement last week, a heads up, and then after the podcast, I looked one more time into it, and I bought uh, some shares at $50. It's an initiating position, really small, but when I was thinking about Pat Gelsinger, I had a big major deja vu with what I saw with Sachin Adela when he came in. Sachin Adela had to, to really clean up the house. And there was no any evidence really yet uh, when he when he when he came in. But I feel the I feel the excitement back in the business. It is like people people seem to be happy again around that stock. He's, he is having the right plan. The plan really resonates with me. But I was really impressed when he announced like last uh, this year in March or something like that, when he rolled out his plan, right? We spoke a lot on it on the podcast as well. But I watched the, uh, what was it? The Innovation Day or something like that, or the yeah. Tech Day the other yeah. day. And they were just like overclocking processors and all these kinds of stuff. And now it's announcing partnerships. Okay, with IBM, you know, <sighs> It's not a company that I put my bet on, but also Microsoft. They're really getting back in business. And then I started thinking, like, okay, they have got also some, some, some support there because of the trend of uh, bringing back business and protectionism, not having dependency on China. Yeah. So I don't think the American government will let this company be in trouble. And then having Pat Gelsinger, who's ins inspirational. So it is to your point, if they have a good CFO besides it, with the money management... 
I wanted to start accumulating now a little bit of position already. Um, 50 is more like for me to have it in my portfolio. Um, but yeah, if it goes to 45 or lower, I will use that really to build out a position. This is yeah. more like an initiating position. Yeah, I mean, Pat's been Pat's been inspirational since he came in. He's he's bringing engineers back, and that's his goal. He wants Intel to be. I mean, what do engineers do? It's the heart of the company. Should be. They're, they're creative. They like to play with things, and and that's where you will see magic happen. So he's starting to bring that back. He's bringing that culture back. You will start to see top people wanting to work for that company, mm. which will only grow and that's what that's what was happening with, with microsoft remember exactly you see, you see exactly. something like that and, and they're recruiting top talent that's that's what's going to get the engines taken and and really yeah. drive this company so it, it it's exciting but i'm i'm as i said i'm in no rush with, with intel exactly. i'm happy yeah. i'm happy you got involved i was a cheerleader for them for years uh, maybe not years but it's um it's an exciting time for them and it, yeah. it's 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 interesting but they are still what i said uh try not to focus next year there's still technically a turnaround it's not, a, it's they, not a they are they yeah. are and that's why it's an initiating position for yeah. me it's usually for me an initiating position means like i start now really to follow the company seriously but i felt like yeah like i said it's for me like a deja vu with microsoft when they were trading in the mid 30s uh high 30s so um uh, we have time probably still one one and a half year to see it really hit the numbers but uh, yeah, it's kind of my conviction already showing yeah. it. And I, I had to deploy my money this month. So I bought already quite some Bristol Myers lately. So I thought like, okay, then Intel's really the right thing to store my money yet uh, in the moment. Good, good. Oh, nice one. I'm happy for you. Thank you. I'm biased now. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, But I'm glad we got rid of this old CEO um, because I would have never owned a piece of Intel. Yeah. Anyway, thanks, EMF. Uh, I know how busy you are with work as well, but um, you know we keep on rolling, right? We keep on grinding. We get this podcast. It's not just for you and me. It keeps us honest, but it's also for all the listeners out there that are, you know, scraping every every month some money together. Like even if it's a five percent savings rate, a ten percent savings rate, you know, with the hero and these brokers, zero commissions. Come on, let's yeah. keep all investing. Let's help each other out. December is a busy month, but um, yeah, let's not forget about our savings rate and why we're doing this. Yeah, we. I, I'm actually looking forward to to the end of the year, maybe looking back and seeing seeing how we how we performed this year. Mm, we, definitely, quite 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 different to this time last year when we had a pandemic. So it's a, it'd be good good to reflect on. But hey, that's that's in the future. Thanks to all our listeners again for sticking around. I apologize, we are late. Um, I was drinking, you were traveling. I mean, these things happen, it's, it's life, but we will promise to try be on time next week.